Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It's Tuesday, May 30th. Do you know what day it is? It's today in sports betting. Welcome to another edition of Today in Sports Betting. I'm your host, Doug Reed, and as always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug underscore Reed 34. This is Sports Ethos presentation, and if you haven't checked us out already, please do head to our website at sportsethos.com, where you can find all the information, packages, uh, subscription services that we have for every sport, whether you're into wagering, whether you're into fantasy, whether you're in DFS, we've got you covered from free podcasts to articles to very reasonable packages for our members. So go to sportsethos.com and check us out. Also, go to our YouTube, Sports Ethos YouTube page, because this Wednesday uh, we're going to have a live feed with Michael Fiddle and Keith Cork uh, talking up the NBA Finals and some angles and some props. So two guys who really know their stuff. If you don't already, check them out on Twitter. Michael's at uh, mfiddle14, that's M-F-I-D-D-L-E, and then the number's one and four. And Keith is at Ethos Keith, E-T-H-O-S Keith. So great guys to follow. Lots of uh, interesting, relevant pieces they put out. Um, And if you're an NBA fan, basketball fan, you definitely want to check these guys out. So 7.30 Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, May 31st, on our YouTube page. Check those guys out there, and I think you'll enjoy that show. I will definitely be tuning in. So today, uh, we have no NBA as we wait until the start of the championship round on Thursday between the Heat and the Denver Nuggets after the Heat uh, almost choked away a 3-0 lead in the series, but won game seven last night in dramatic fashion. Well, not dramatic fashion at the end of the day, in easy fashion. But uh, quite the series as they head into the finals as the first um, team from the play-in round to make the finals. So it should be interesting. Nuggets are huge favorites, but I think it's going to be a little tighter series than people expect. People think, I think the Nuggets win, but I can see it going six um, and the Heat stealing maybe a game or two early in Denver. Uh, I know that they're, I think they're eight and a half, around nine point underdogs right now heading into Thursday's game. Uh, I think I'd actually lean to the Heat if that gets to nine, but we'll talk about that probably tomorrow. Uh, and then the NHL, we have to wait until Saturday for the Stanley Cup to start in Las Vegas, where the Florida Panthers are playing the Golden Knights. So before we get to uh, today's full slate of baseball games, I just thought I'd uh, give you a few interesting uh, pieces of this day in sports history. Way back in 1983, Major League Baseball uh, President Lee McPhail suspended New York Yankees owner George Steinbrenner for one week for his criticizing of umpires. Uh, it would be interesting to see how Mr. Steinbrenner would exist in today's world of social media and whatnot, but suspended one week for criticizing the ups. 1985 on this day, uh, Edmonton won their second state straight Stanley Cup with an 8-3 win over Philadelphia to win the series 4-2. Gretzky and Curry had three assists each in that game. The start of the dynasty in Edmonton. And then in 1986, a very young Barry Bonds debuted with the Pittsburgh Pirates and went on to a long, 
legendary, yet to be in the Hall of Fame career. I personally think he should be, but that's a topic for another show. Uh, but he started way back when in 1986 on this day, May 30th, with the Pittsburgh Pirates. So a little walk down memory lane. Now let's get into the large baseball slate. I'm not going to go into great detail on a lot of these games, so we'll go through them as quick as we can, but I do want to touch on a few. We start in Detroit at 640 in the East, where the Tigers host Martin Perez and the Texas Rangers. Okay, just pulling up my feet here. Uh, you can get the Rogue Rangers at minus 130 in the money line. The home Tigers at plus 120. Um, but eight and a half is the total. Juice to the over. Some money's obviously coming in on the over. It's currently at eight and a half, but juice to minus 120, I see, on um, DraftKings. Now, Perez comes in, kind of had an average six and one record, but that's that's a function of Texas's offense. Uh, 56 in the third innings, 3.83 ERA, 1.47 whip, 16 walks, 47 strikeouts. So he's done all right. Uh, not a great whip, obviously, but ERAs. He's been controlling the base runners and doing well. Uh, Alex Fajardo is only 21 and two-thirds innings into the season, 4.15 ERA, 0.74 whips. That's pretty impressive. One walk and 22 strikeouts. Uh, now, when I look at Perez's box scores, he pitched well against Pittsburgh last game. I got beat up a little bit. Sorry, well against Pittsburgh and Colorado. Got beat up a little bit by Oakland, five innings, uh, four earned runs. Prior to that, against the Angels, 3.2 innings, seven earned runs. And he had a string of few, three good outings before that. So he's pitched fairly well, um, but not fantastic. Kind of like typical of his career. And Fayetto at his, what I say, 20 to 21 and two-thirds innings, still a little uh, early in the career to, to judge. Although he has gone over five innings in each of his last three starts, allowing two, six innings, two earned runs to the White Sox. Five innings, three earned runs to the Nationals, and six innings, three earned runs to Seattle. So not exactly a slew of great offenses, and they've hit him a little now. He's only given up one walk, and that's why his whip is so low. Strike on any kind of guy, but only given up one walk. So I think you can keep him in the game. But my angle here is I like I like the money line, but not at minus 130. On DraftKings, today they have another 50% profit boost. So I actually jumped on this with the 50% profit boost, which takes it up to plus 115. So if you can get plus 115 on DraftKings, Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. For the money line here for um, Texas, that is what I would be on. Next game, also 640 East. We are in Miami where San Diego's in town. You can get the home Marlins at minus 140. The road Potters at plus 120. Total here is 8.5. Juice the under at minus 115. So I'll see money coming in on the under here. And the reason is Sandy Alcantara, the righty for Miami, is on the hill. 
63 innings, 4.86 ERA. Now, this guy won the National League uh, Cy Young last year, so he's been struggling. Uh, part of that is he's given up 20 walks in 63 innings, so he's been allowing a few too many base runners. 57 strikeouts, never been over a strikeout kind of guy, but because he pitches so much and they let him throw so deep, he does tend to rack out some strikeout numbers. 1.22 whip. He's facing Ryan Weathers, the lefty's only 29 and two-thirds innings. Uh, 3.94 ERA and 1.21 whip. So 11 walks and 18 strikeouts. I kind of lean here uh, to San Diego, to be honest with you. Now, Weathers hasn't been hot out of the gate, but he's been pitching all right. And San Diego's lineup um, at plus 120, if you can get them plus 120 in the money line, I would lean that way. <coughs> Excuse me. They just have too much firepower in that offense, even going against Alcantara, who's maybe not up to what he has been in the past. So, um I can see them putting a few runs on the board. And Miami's offense is always struggling, so uh, I wouldn't really back them a whole lot tonight. Next game in Baltimore, we have the Cleveland Guardians in town to face Kyle Gibson in, and the Baltimore Orioles. The O's come in as the favorites at minus 140. You can get the Guardians at plus 120. Total here is nine, juice to the over at minus 115. Um, for Cleveland on the hill is a righty Kyle Quantrill, 55 innings. 4.75 ERA, 1.35 whip, just 18 walk or 18 walks and just 31 strikeouts. Kyle Gibson for Baltimore, 66 innings, 3.82 ERA, 1.3 whip, 22 walks, 44 strikeouts. Now Gibson is a guy I've always struggled with trying to get a hold of. I don't like um, uh, betting on him because he's fairly fairly inconsistent throughout his career. However, he is having a good year. Now 1.3 whip isn't great, but that's kind of what to expect from him because he walks too many guys. You know, it's basically walking uh, three guys per nine. So 66 innings, 22 walks. But 3.82 is pretty respectable. When I look at his recent game logs, now this game is in Baltimore. Okay, so um, favor to the pitchers because of the um, deep wall in left field now. But his last few games against the Yankees at New York, seven innings, just two hits, no walks. Pardon me, no earned runs, four walks, three strikeouts. Uh, against Toronto. Start before that, seven innings, five hits, one earned run, two walks, seven strikeouts. Uh, against Pitt, five innings, seven hits, four earned runs, three walks, five strikeouts. And then against Tampa, six innings, six hits, two earned runs, two walks, four strikeouts. So against, he held the Yankees to no runs over seven, held the Jays to one run over seven, and held Tampa to two runs over six. Those are three pretty solid offenses. It arguably top five or six, certainly top ten offenses, uh, you'd have to think, in the majors. And he has done, he has done quite well uh, against doubles. Three of his last four starts have been very good. Cal Quantrill on the other side, I have even less faith in. Uh, he got knocked around pretty good last game by Chicago, four innings, four hits, six earned runs. Prior to that, at the Mets, were a struggling offense, five and two-thirds, six, five and two-thirds, three earned runs. And against Angels at home, prior to that, six innings, three earned runs. He's been very inconsistent. Uh, and I don't have a whole lot of faith. He just doesn't strike out enough guys. 55 innings, 31 strikeouts. He's not missing enough bats. And when you have the stuff that he has, you need to be missing more bats because I don't think his pinpoint control is going to have a whole lot of success against these good offenses. And Baltimore's a good offense. Uh, second in the AL East, uh, just behind the red hot league leading, major league baseball leading Tampa Bay Rays. So I like the O's offense here. I was actually debating using the profit boost on this. Um, but if you can get them, minus 140 is just a little too high for me. When I look at where the numbers are coming in here, uh, sorry, I was trying to pull up the betting spreads here. Uh, I see, yeah, most of the money's coming in on the eight stills. 78% of the bets on the Orioles, 
money line, 86% of the money. So some of the bigger money is coming in, but only a little bit more. Uh, on the run line, we're about 59% of the bets, 62% of the uh, the money. I just don't know if I want to lay 135 on the O's run line at home. They're going to miss that ninth inning at bat if they win. Um, and I like their offense. I just don't know if, you know, Gibson can give up a few runs. So I would stay away from that. I would look towards the money line. If I could get it closer to minus 130, I think I would be on it, but minus 140. Right now, it's a stay away from me. Uh, next game, we travel to Toronto, where the Jays are hosting the Milwaukee Brewers. You can get the home Jays at minus 155, the road Brewers at plus 135. And total here is nine, juice to minus 110 on both sides. And the reason the Jays are such a big spread here is because Milwaukee struggles against lefties, and the Jays is throwing Yusei Kikuchi, their lefty to the hill. 51 to 30, and he's 4.56 area, 1.38 width. Has not been doing very well. Uh, started off pretty good, slowed down a little lately. Adrian Hauser, the righty for uh, the Brew Crew, is on the hill. Just 20 innings, 2.25 area, 1.25 whip. Uh, doing a good job limiting walks, just four. So one every five innings, basically, uh, and 14 strikeouts. But when I pull up, let me just pull up the stats of hitting against left-handed pitching. And this is where uh, the Brewers really struggle. Batting average against left-handed pitching, 207, the worst in the majors. Uh, On-base percentage against lefties, 280, the worst in the majors. And slugging percentage against lefties, 336, the worst in the majors. So 30 teams there ranked 30 in batting average, on-base percentage, and slugging. So Kikuchi has not done all that well uh, lately when I pull up his game logs. In his last few starts, last start against Tampa, tough start at Tampa, five innings, Eight hits, five earned runs, two walks, three strikeouts. Prior to that, four and two-thirds against Baltimore. Um, gave up three earned runs. Prior to that, Atlanta, four innings, nine hits, five earned, four earned runs. Um, so three pretty tough starts. Everybody says he's kind of falling apart lately. And he's been getting hit hard, for sure. Uh, but he's going to win against Tampa, Baltimore, and Atlanta. So those are three pretty tough offenses. Uh, prior to that, he shut down Pitt, no runs over six in the third. Got hit around by Boston, four and a third, five earned runs. Part of that shut down the White Sox, no runs over five and two thirds. So he's been good against the weaker teams, obviously, uh, and struggled against some of the AL East powerhouses and Atlanta. However, I consider Milwaukee a weaker team when it comes to uh, left-handed uh, hitting against left-handed pitching. So the Jays minus one fifty-five, I couldn't touch that. I might look at uh, the run line of minus, uh, pardon me, yeah, run line minus one and a half, but at plus one fifteen. Again, if you listen to my show lately, I don't like taking home teams on the run line. Run line means the Jays have to win by two. So if they're winning, um, they're not going to get their ninth at bat. If it goes to extra innings, you basically need the home team to hit a two-run home run. And how many times does that happen? It happens. Um, but, you know, they get the ghost runner on base, and they cash that runner, and they win by a run, and you lose. Minus 155, you can't touch Jays. Minus one and a half so on the run line. Maybe look at that. Plus 115. If it got, the juice got up a little higher... Uh, when I look over at FanDuel, I think it's the same. No, they're juiced to 128. That's a lot. I kind of like that number on FanDuel. So the Jays run line at plus 128. I'm going to look at that a little closer. Um, but I would, yeah, I would actually lean towards that. If I can get anywhere close to 130, minus 125, 130, I think it looks at the Jays on the run line. The next game, we are in New York where the Mets are facing police. You can get the home Mets at minus 155. And the money line, the road Phillies at plus 135. Total here, one, 
and put total here eight and a half, juice to the under at minus 120. So we're obviously seeing money coming in there. And when I look at my splits uh, for the money's coming in, uh, I'm seeing total eight and a half. Uh, sorry, let's just pull this up here. Yeah, I'm seeing most of the money coming in. Actually, I'm seeing money coming in, and it says here on the over eight and a half, which is odd. Maybe, uh, maybe they had it at nine earlier, and it's down to eight and a half. So, anyways, I'm not touching that. Two pitchers that I just can't get a real good feel on. Uh, for the Phillies, they start lefty Ranger Suarez. Just 11 innings, 9.82 ERA, and a two whip. Too hard to really tell. He struggled last year. He struggled again this year, but he's only pitched 11 innings. Kodai Senga, 48 innings, 3.94 ERA, 1.52 whip. 31 walks, 61 strikeouts. So it's interesting. He's striking guys out, so he's still kind of fooling. Well, not still. He is fooling uh, batters in his first uh, year in the majors. But 31 walks and 48 strikeouts. I mean, that's why you got a whip of one and a half there, Kodak. And that is not going to last very long. Not going to have a whole lot of success playing that game. Um, so, I, you know, I lean to the Mets. Can't take a minus 155 on the run line. Again, home team, the Mets, I don't like to lean to, plus 135. When I look over at FanDuel, it's plus 134, so I'm about the same line. And, you know, Philly's bats can put up runs. Yeah, Suarez struggled. Um, but, uh, sorry, Suarez has struggled, but uh, I do think that the Mets can get, uh, I think the Phillies can get to the Mets, to Senga, and potentially put up some runs. So I'm not really going to jump on that all that fast. Let me see how the Mets have done against left-handed hitting. When I pull up their numbers, so Suarez is a lefty. They have, um, sorry, where are those New York Mets? Yeah, that's what I thought. Slightly below average. So 408 slugging, which is 21st in the majors. Uh, 322 on base, which is um, 19th. And a 249 batting average which is also right around that 19th. So right around the, you know, two-thirds, 67th percentile kind of thing against lefties. So not great, but not terrible. Uh, so I think they can get to Suarez. He's been all over the map. When I pull up maybe a first five-inning line, see what um, see what the line is for the Mets number in the first five. In the first five innings for the Mets, their team total – over two and a half is plus 105. And that's not a bad price. So can the Mets get to Suarez for three runs or more in the first five innings, plus 105? I might consider that. You can also get a same game, uh, not same game, sorry, a, a DK profit boost for 20% on this game for the yes run first inning or no run first inning. And that's at minus 115 right now. If anything, I would lean towards the under, um, but I don't think I'm going to be on this. I mean, both pitches have been struggling. Suarez has really been struggling. Uh, again, the Mets not a great offense against lefties, so if I had to take a side, I would lean to the under. So basically, no uh, run first inning, yes or no prop. So Nerfy, no run first inning at minus 115. You get that boosted by 20%, you're going to get in positive territory. Might be some value there to look at. You can take a quick break, uh, and when we get back, wrap up, not wrap up, continue with this late. I made good bit. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, the next game, 7-10 in the East. We are in Fenway Park with the Red Sox host the Cincinnati Reds. You can get the home Red Sox as huge favorites at minus 175. The road Reds at plus 150. The the run line here, total, sorry, the total is 9.5. Choose to be over at minus 115. And for the Red Sox, you get young ready Brian Bello. Bello, sorry, 35 and 30 innings, 4.0 ADRA, 1.44 whip. 12 walks, 37 strikeouts. Ben Lively, on the other hand, on the other side for Cincinnati, 17 innings, 2.65 ERA, 0.88 whip, just three walks and 18 strikeouts. So has done quite well in his return to the majors. And this surprises me is why uh, it surprises me why the Red Sox are such heavy favorites. Obviously, in nine and a half, I know it's in Fenway, they're expecting some runs to be scored. But when you look at what Lively's done uh, in his two outings this year, in his return to the majors, Against St. Louis last week, six innings, five hits, two in runs, two walks, eight strikeouts, 103 pitches. That's a respectable outing. St. Louis has been hitting well. Prior that against the Yankees, he took the loss. We went five and two-thirds, just two hits, two in runs, one walk, eight strikeouts on 83 pitches. Again, a pretty impressive outing. Um, giving up, you know, two runs to St. Louis and two runs to the Yankees. Um, uh, pretty pretty decent numbers. Hasn't walked us out, just three walks in 17 innings. On the flip side, you have Balo. Bello. I don't like you calling him Bello. Brian, Brian Bello. Um, his last few outings have been decent as well. I mean, he's keeping the ball in the park. Gave up a couple home runs before, uh, last game. But prior to that, he had given up none to Seattle and then won in his first four starts. So not giving up a lot of home runs and not giving up a ton of walks, which has kind of been his success. And 18, uh, 37 strikeouts and 35 innings, so getting a few strikeouts. Last game out. He held the Angels, took the loss, but held the Angels to two runs over seven innings. Just six hits and no walks, six strikeouts. Uh, Prior that against Seattle, five innings, three hits, an earned run, five walks, seven strikeouts. The always tough Atlanta Braves before that, six innings, six hits, two earned runs, a walk, and five strikeouts. So he's done well. Uh, I would look, if anything, to the under, although money's obviously coming in on the over. Uh, it's juiced up to minus 115. Games in Boston, so maybe a few extra runs expected to be scored. The, <clears throat> excuse me. The Red Sox offense was doing really well through early May. Then they went in the road and they've kind of struggled. So I'm wondering if they're thinking they get the home park boost here because I just don't understand. I mean, the Reds struggle, but at plus 150 in the money line, I think there's some value there. 
Uh, I'm not saying Lively's going to come come in and completely shut down the Red Sox, but he did a good job against St. Louis. He did a good job against the Yankees. Just trying to look at maybe some pitcher props for him because he went 103 pitches last game and 83 pitches. So obviously they don't have a restriction on his strikeouts. Uh, when I see his and his strikeouts over three and a half, that's I think I'm going to be on that over three and a half um, for Lively. Now, Boston isn't a huge strikeout team. Let me try and pull up the numbers. But over three and a half, plus 100, I see that in DraftKings. He struck out eight against St. Louis, and he struck out eight against the Yankees. As I said, 103 pitches and 83 pitches. So, you know, call it 90 pitches he's averaging. They're not limiting him uh, in what he can do or um, his time in the mound. So don't have the Red Sox or the teams. Oh, yeah, there I do. I'm sorry. I do have team strikeouts. Total. Um now, I know Boston has not been a huge strikeout team. They are, where are they, 19th, 8, 8.54, so 8.5 strikeouts per 9. So a little less than um, little less than one. So if, if Lively can get a little less than one per inning. So if Lively can get through four innings, he stands a good chance, I think, to hit this prop. So I think I'll probably be on that. Ben Lively over 3.5 uh, strikeouts against Boston. Next game we go to is back out of huh? is in St. Louis, the Battle of Missouri, where Kansas City is in town to play the Cards. For the Cards, you get them as a the big favorite, obviously at minus one ninety at the money line. The Royals plus one sixty. Total here is nine, juice to the over at minus one fifteen. So money obviously coming in at that number. I would actually lean to the under, to be honest with you, at minus one hundred five. And for and the. For KC, you get Zach Greinke, who comes in with a brutal one and five record. Although that's kind of that's obviously irrelevant when it comes to wagering. Fifty-seven in the third innings, four point five five ERA, just eight walks, forty-one strikeouts, one point one nine ERA. Having a pretty good year lately. Uh, you know those numbers don't look extraordinary, but he started brutal. And if you've listened to my show before, he's been brutal. On, last year was pretty brutal on the road. And he started this year brutal on the road, but he's actually turned it around. I get to his stats in a second, but he's having you know. Eight walks and 57 to 30 innings, that's impressive. That's why he's got a 1.19 ERA. Miles Michaelis, on the other hand, uh, the ready for St. Louis, has also turned around lately. 61 and two-thirds, 4.23 ERA, 1.39 whip, not very impressive whip. 14 walks and 48 strikeouts. So he's not striking out a lot. He's not walking a crazy amount, but he's giving up too much contact. But when I look at Grinky, who recently, or not, uh, uh, um, last year, year and a half, has been brutal on the road. Now all of a sudden, well, not all of a sudden, he had two, uh, end of April, two Poor road starts. Since then, he's had two starts in the road, one at the White Sox, not a great offense, five and two-thirds inning, five hits, two earned runs, no walks, four strikeouts, and one at Milwaukee, five innings, three hits, two earned runs, no walks, five strikeouts. So decent, not great outings, but decent outings. And, you know, those are in the middle of yeah, another good outing. Average outing against the White Sox, shut down Baltimore at home, five innings, three hits, no earned runs in early May, and then his most recent, no decision against Detroit, uh, at home, five innings, four hits, one earned run, a walk, and five strikeouts. Maybe he hasn't pitched against the best of competition, but he hasn't been getting crushed in the road like has happened in the past. I think this number's factoring that in that he will get crushed in the road. Because Michaelis started out uh, fairly slow, but in three of his last four games, he's given up one or no earned runs. No earned runs in seven innings against Cincinnati's last time out against an impressive Dodgers lineup. Seven innings, three earned runs for that. At Boston, six innings, just one earned run. And at the Cubbies, four and a third innings in one earned run. So um, 
he has been, like I said, just giving up a few too many hits and some walks, but not a lot. Uh, but he's been keeping the ball in the park, so he hasn't been hurting himself. He's given up, let's see, uh, one, two home runs in his last six starts. So he's not hurting himself, even if he's allowing a few runners, keeping the cards in the games and the cards backs, woken up. So I like the cards here. Can't lay minus 190. Um, if anything, I would look to the under nine. I think both these pitchers have kind of come back to life or, yeah, come back to life, come back to what you expect from them. Uh, but Grinky always scares me in the road. So it's a stay away from me because I don't really want to, uh, touch that, to be honest with you. Next game in Chicago, where the Cubbies are hosting the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays come in as prohibitive favorites at minus 190. You can get the home Cubbies at plus 160. Total here is eight and a half, juice to the over. At minus 115. And the reason this is a low-scoring game is Tampa has their ace, Shane McClanahan, on the hill. A perfect 8-0. 64 innings, 1.97 area, 1.13 whip. I think right now uh, he's got to be the leader for the AL Cy Young. I know Garrett Cole's been doing well. Uh, a couple guys in Minnesota have been doing well. But I think he's got to be the leader. The question is, can he get through the whole year? If he continues to put up these numbers, or numbers even close to this, yes, he will. Just 25 walks, 75 strikeouts in 64 innings. Going against Kyle Hendricks, uh, who's only made one start rebounding from injury, four innings, 6.23 area, 1.85. What really relevant to talk about his stats. Uh, we all kind of know who Kyle Hendricks is, a soft tosser who doesn't traditionally get a lot of strikeouts, um, doesn't walk a lot of guys. You know, he's kind of like a, I don't hate to say a, a cranky clone, because cranky was much more of a strikeout artist earlier in his career, and Hendricks had never been a strikeout artist. Uh, but he struggled with injuries the last couple of seasons. So making his way back, I don't think he can hold Tampa in check here, but I can't lay minus 190. And I don't like laying a minus number, a negative number on the run line. Tampa, you can get Tampa run line at minus one and a half and minus 115. So can't really touch that. I like uh, I like the Rays. I like them to get the Hendricks um, for a few runs, maybe a Rays team total, because um, I, I don't think Hendricks is back yet. And frankly, even if he is back and healthy, his last year or so of pitching uh, prior to his injury, he looked very mediocre. And I know we've all probably counted this guy out a few times in his career because he kind of shows nothing that you think um, makes him a dom- uh, uh, not a dominant, but a good major league pitcher. But he's kind of like the from the Greg Maddox uh, tree. And I'm not saying he's anything like Greg Maddox. If you know Greg, you know if you follow Greg Maddox years ago, a Hall of Fame pitcher, um, but just gets by with his stuff, and he has his whole career. But eventually, that's going to come to an end. And when you're a Hall of Famer like Greg Maddox, it might not be as pronounced. But with a guy like Kyle Kendricks, when it's coming to an end, it's going to be pretty pronounced. And I think he may be there. Uh, so I'm not going to back him against Tampa Bay. If anything, I would look at maybe um, a Tampa run line, a, t- a Tampa um, totals total run line because um, they're the way team as well. So they're going to get the nine at bats against a pretty. Discombobulated is probably a good word. A bullpen for the Cubs. They're kind of all over the map, and I'm not really sure they know what's going on. So um, Hendricks probably isn't long for this game anyways. I can't see him going much more than four innings. Sorry, five innings. He went four and a third in his opening start. Can't see him going much more than five. And then they get to that bullpen, which the Rays do damage against. Next game, also in Chicago. Oh, no, sorry, skip the game. Let's go to Houston first. Uh, in Houston, where the Astros face the Twins. The home strolls are minus 115, and the road Twins are minus 105. This game actually opened at some books with Houston at plus 100, which I thought was some good value. I didn't jump on it because uh, Belak's pitching. I'm not really sure that he can beat Joe Ryan in Minnesota, but I, I thought 
Houston at home at plus money was a good deal, but I've missed that boat as I check on FanDuel. Uh, I think they're down to minus 105. Um, now they're only minus one or two, so they're close to even money. So shop around. If you can get this at plus money, like plus 100, I'd be on Houston. Um, Houston's hot lately. Arguably still, well, not with Tampa right now, but second best team, I would think. Although I think they're second in the AOS, but um, good team. Jose Altuve's back. They've been rolling lately, quietly rolling, because they're still behind Texas. Uh, and everybody just kind of thinks Houston's going to do their thing. So I don't think anybody's paying attention, but... Uh, they're having a good run, and I think right now they're in a situation where they can beat anybody. But uh, the books don't look at it like that. Well, they do now because they're slight favorites of minus 150. Totally is 8.5. Uh, not juicy either way. Both sides are minus 110. For the home strokes, you get Brandon Belak. He comes in 25 and third innings, 3.55 ERA, 1.54 whip, 9 walks, 22 strikeouts. Uh, going against one of those Cy Young candidates that I said from Minnesota, Joe Ryan, the righty, 7-1, 61 innings, 2.21 ERA, .95 whip, just 10 walks and 70 strikeouts. Joe Ryan uh, has been an absolute machine this year. And the unfortunate thing for him and Sonny Gray is they pitch for a team that can't seem to hit. Now, Minnesota's woken up a little lately, but my gosh, these guys were on, uh, you know, any of the top few teams, uh, I know they're leaving the, the center, but if they're on Texas, if they're on Houston, if they're on Tampa, New York, Boston, Baltimore, Toronto, people would be raving about these guys, but they kind of seem to fly under the radar because although his record's 7-1, and one, Minnesota not really uh, producing the offense to um, help these guys as much as you would think. So um, Ryan comes in as a favorite, but... Uh, the Astros are up to minus 115 in the money line. I'm not on this game. If, like I said, if I can get Houston at plus money, I'd be on Houston. Uh, I know Ryan's had a fantastic run. And when I look at his numbers recently, he's given up. Uh, he hasn't given up more than two runs in a game in his last six starts. One against San Francisco in five innings, two against the Angels in six innings. Shut down the Cubbies over six innings. Two runs against Cleveland over six innings. Zero against the White Sox over six innings. The thing is, none of those teams are good hitting teams. So, the White Sox and Cubbies, pretty average teams. Cleveland's a bad hitting team. San Fran, although they're hot lately, um, they haven't been doing that well. And the Angels gave you got two runs. Prior to that against the Yankees, only one run in seven, and then three runs against uh, Boston, but that was back in mid-April, so a while ago. So, Ryan is a good pitcher. Don't get me wrong, a very good pitcher. He's given up one home run this last seven games. So, he's just not hurting himself. Against Houston, they got some guys who can knock the ball out of the park. Uh, so, if they can get some runners on and get some traffic going, I think they can get to him. So, my point is, Joe Ryan, I think, is a lead pitcher right now in the AL, contending for a Cy Young because that's what his numbers say. But when you look at who he's faced... Let's watch him a little bit. Let's watch where his next few starts goes next month, too, if he's facing some real competition. Because competition from the AL Central is definitely below average. Brandon Belak, on the other hand, uh, he's been doing all right. 1.54 whip, as I said, is um, a little ugly. And he's been giving up the long ball too much. So in his last seven games, he's given up seven. But three of those came against Milwaukee. So if he can keep the ball in the park... And Minnesota's got some boppers, but Minnesota hasn't been hitting for a lot of power. If he can keep the ball in the park, I think he can keep this game close. And bullpens, call them equal. 
Uh, hitting lineup definitely favors Houston. And I think that if Bielak can keep the game close and Strohs can get to Ryan for a couple runs, I think they have a chance to win. I don't think it's out of the radius. So you're getting plus money with one of the best offenses in baseball. I would look to back Houston. Not on the game, but I would look to back Houston. Uh, then back to Chicago for the White Sox who face the LA Angels. You can get the home Sox at minus 140. The road Angels at plus 120. Total here is nine. Juice to the over at minus 115. On the bump for the Strohs, Lucas Giolito, 63rd in the third innings, 3.98 ERA, 1.26 with 19 strikeouts and, sorry, 19 walks and 64 strikeouts. On the flip side, Tyler Anderson, 48 and two thirds, 4.81 ERA, 1.56 whip. Ouch. 23 walks and 30 strikeouts. And just when I had figured, thought, I had figured both these guys out, it went the other way. So Giolito struggled out of the gate, and then he pitched a few good games in a row, and I thought, okay, he's finally back. Then he had a bit of a hit, hiccup against Houston. Um, hiccup against Houston, give up four, four runs over six innings. But then he came back against KC, six innings, six hits, one run, one walk and four strikeouts, 89 pitches. I'm like, okay, he's kind of right at the ship. He seems to be doing all right. I'll give him the, I'll give him the mulligan against Houston. And he goes in Detroit last game out, three and two-thirds innings, six hits, four and runs, seven walks, four strikeouts, one home run, 89 pitches. That, that ain't good. So I don't know what to think of G. Lito anymore. Um, I think, you know, I, and here's the White Sox season in a nutshell. He's been wildly inconsistent. Lance Lynn has been wildly inconsistent. Dylan Cease just looks like his arm's falling off. Those three guys, and this is why I do have a future. I'm going to win the division, so... Let my bitterness uh, run through here. Those three guys, if they can collectively wake up, even if two of the three of them can wake up and return to what they did last year, close to what they did last year, the AL Central is wide open. I don't care what anybody says. Minnesota's pitching has been great, but that's it. Um, and as I said you know earlier, Joe Ryan's got some fantastic stats against pretty mediocre teams. I think that the White Sox aren't as bad as everybody's saying, and if their bats – We've woken up a little, continue and get back to where they were last year. And these guys can wake up on the mound, Giolito included. They can make a bit of a run. But right now, I'm not really sure uh, about tonight. Then the flip side, Tyler Anderson. I thought I figured this guy out. When he's on the hill, especially against the right-hand heavy hitting team, he's terrible. So what does he do? He goes out last game, six innings against the Red Sox, who are decent against lefties. Five hits, one earned run, two walks, three strikeouts. Part of that against Baltimore, five innings, three earned runs. Respectable against Cleveland, six innings, three earned runs. Eh, not really respectable. Part of that, five innings against Texas, a very good offense, five hits, two earned runs, five walks, and six strikeouts. So his problem is walks. 48 and two-thirds innings, two uh, um, 23 walks. Just giving up way too many walks. Giving up a little over a hit an inning, but you can't give up that many walks and... He's given up seven home runs in his, what, eight starts this year. So maybe a few too many there. Um, but the White Sox used to be lefty killers. They're not really anymore. They're about league average against lefties. So I'm not really sure which side I would go here. Can't really back you these pitches. A little too inconsistent for me. We go to Oakland, which could be the worst team of all time. They're trending to win somewhere around 40, low 40s games. That would be like 100. If they win 40 games, that means 122 losses. They're, so I heard somebody say today, you know, 
You can compare them to a team from the late 1800s, their offense and their win percentage. They're just god-awful. There's no other way to look at this, and you're going to see that in this line. So Oakland, uh, sorry, the Braves open as minus 250 favorites. I'm surprised it's that low, to be honest with you. Oakland plus 210, totally or 8.5, juice to the under at minus 115. Bryce Elder's on the hill for the Braves. J.P. Sears, who actually looks like a decent pitcher. You know, not great, but a decent pitcher. But he's got no chance. He's got no chance in any game he plays. Now, I know there's a chance he could win, but come on. How can we back either side here? Not either side. How, yeah, how can we back either side? I can't take the Braves at minus 250. And I certainly can't take plus 210 on the Oakland Athletics. Even if you've been taking these wild, huge money lines on Oakland all year, you would be well underwater uh, in your performance. Bankroll and unit size. Uh, they've been just getting crushed. Elder comes in 58 and a third innings, 2.01 ERA, 1.17 whip, 16 walks, 51 strikeouts. Having a good year. Don't know how he's 3 now. Don't know how he keeps doing it, but he does. He just keeps kind of trucking along. And, you know, last time out against the Dodgers, six innings, seven hits, one run around a walk, six strikeouts. Prior to that against Seattle, two run runs in six innings. The Jays, good offense, five run runs in four innings. Baltimore, one run run over five and a third. Shut down Miami over seven. The guy just keeps doing it. Smoke and mirrors, but he's doing it. And now he's going against the A's. So we got J.P. Sears on the hill. Like I said, 53 and two-thirds. I don't think sorry. He said 53 and two-thirds innings, 4.70 ERA, 10 walks, 52 strikeouts. So not getting killed by walks. Strikeout an inning almost. And a 1.1 whip. Those are pretty impressive numbers. But he's 0-3. He's got no chance. He's got no chance to ever win. Um Last game out against Seattle, five innings, one run run. Against a very good Houston offense, six innings, two run runs, a walk, seven strikeouts. Against Texas before that, five and, th- five and a third innings, two earned runs, one walk, six strikeouts. He did get knocked around by the Yankees prior to that. So he's pitched against some decent teams, and he's done well. Um, you know, if you got the guts to do it, the play here is on the Oakland money line, but I can't back them. Their offense is so bad, and Baltimore's offense uh, – sorry, Atlanta's offense is so good. I've got to look at them and score some runs. I can see why the totals here is juiced to the under. Uh, I'm not going to be honest, but I think both. First of all, Oakland can't score. So <laughs> Elder should have a good game. Uh, and Sears has been has been running hot lately. But I can't really think that he's going to be able to shut shut down uh, the Braves offense. And when I look at the money, uh, it is juiced to the under on DraftKings. But I see about 90% of the money. Now coming in on the over 74% of the bets. So I would lean, Benny, eh, you know what, I'm not leaving you. Anyway, I'm not going to put my name on the line here for this game. Next game is in Seattle, where the Yankees are on a West Coast road trip. The home M's uh, have are, sorry, minus 140 favorites. The road Yankees plus 120. Total here is seven. Juice to the over at minus 120. Yeah, I don't think it would be juice to the over and the Yankees are playing. Uh, on the hill for... Seattle is Logan Gilbert, 60 innings, 3.6 ERA, 0.92 whip, 10 walks, 69 strikeouts, having a great season. Nestor Cortez, nasty Nestor for the Yanks, 51 in the third innings, 5.3 ERA, 1.27 whip, 16 walks, 32 strikeouts. And if anything, I would lean here to the Yankees. And, I mean, I think Gilbert is a better pitcher right now, but Seattle offense is not better than um, – the Yankees, that's for sure. I'm just trying to pull up their starting lineup to see if they all wouldn't be posted as of yet. Um, but, sorry, yeah. Uh, 
Cortez is a lefty. You know, they got J.P. Crawford leading off. Jared Kelnick's a lefty. Other than that, it's pretty much right and switch-handed hitter or switch hitters for uh, Seattle. But when you go Glaber Torres, Aaron Judge, Anthony Rizzo, DJ LeMahieu, Willie Calhoun bat fifth, which kind of surprised me. That's a pretty tough and impressive lineup. After that, you got Kyle Falefa, Jacob Bowers, Kyle. Ha- uh, is that a handicap? Yeah. Um, Gashioka. Kyle Higashioka catching. Sorry, couldn't wasn't sure if he was catching or not. And then Volpe, the rookie, playing short. Uh, it's a weak bottom half of the order, but um, I just don't think that uh, um, Seattle's offense necessarily really scares me going against Cortez, who's been hot and cold. Uh, that's kind of, you know, he had a great breakout two years ago, had a good year last year. And Nasty Nestor's kind of been hot and cold lately. You know, in those recent games, four and runs and in six innings to Baltimore at Toronto, just two and in runs and in six innings uh, home versus Tampa, six earned runs and four and a third, just two against Oakland. Prior to that, seven at four and two, seven and four and two thirds against Texas. So he's certainly given up some runs. The M's offense just doesn't scare me. So you get the Yankees uh, plus money. If anything, I lean here to the Yanks at plus one twenty on the money line. Not on it yet, but it may may take that may take that play because. Um, Gilbert's been going well, but the Yankees can hit anybody, I believe. So uh, I would lean towards the Yanks there. Uh, in Arizona is the next game, 940 in the East, and we have their ace, Zach Gallon, on the hill against Kyle Freeland in the lefty of the Rockies. You can get the home D-backs at minus 250. The Road Rockies at plus 210. Total here is 8.5. Juiced at minus 110 on both sides. For Gallon. In the D-back, 66 and two-thirds, 2.97 ERA, 14 walks, 75 strikeouts, 1.02 ERA. Been having a great year. Been hit a little bit lately, uh, but more so uh, on the road. He still continues to do very well at home. Kyle Freeland has been getting hit by everybody. 58 and a third, 3.86 ERA, 14 walks, 42 strikeouts, 1.29 whip. Not terrible, certainly not worse, worse in the league. Uh, and he's had a couple of decent outings lately. So his last game at home... In course, against Miami, five innings, two earned runs, but give up seven hits and two walks. Prior to that, at Texas, two innings, nine hits, eight runs, five were earned, no walks, no strikeouts. But before that, against Philly, shut them out over six innings, uh, two runs at Pittsburgh over seven innings. Against Milwaukee, no runs over five innings before that. So other than that one blow up against Texas, in his last six starts, he has given up two runs or less in every one of them. So a little more respectable than what you'd come to think at the start of the year. Gallon, on the other hand, um, has been pitching great at home. His last two outings have been on the road at Philly, five and two-thirds, five hits, two walks, two earned runs, and three strikeouts. Prior to that, at Pittsburgh, his worst out in the year, three and two-thirds, eight hits, eight runs, five earned, four walks, two strikeouts. He's only given up two home runs all year. That's impressive. Hasn't given up a home run in his last seven starts. That's a pretty impressive number. That's why he's having success uh, this year. And I'm not sure Colorado on the road can get to him. Colorado on the road can't get to anybody, but I can't lay minus 250. There's no way I'm laying minus 250 if the D-backs. The run line's minus 125. Can't do that either. If anything, I would look to the under at 8.5, but uh, really no play there for me. Next game in San Francisco where the, I would say, I wouldn't say streaking, but the hot giants are... Uh, one four, minus 145 favorites against Pittsburgh Pirates. You have Johan Oviedo plus 125 for the Pirates. Total here is under minus 115. 
that's probably, nah, you know, I don't think I'd go there. Uh, I'm not going to touch that because the Giants start John Brevia. So this would be an opener, uh, I think. 22 innings, 3.68 ERA, 1.09 whip, just seven walks, 31 strikeouts. 31 strikeouts in 22 innings. Pretty impressive. And I'm not sure. I don't think last time they did an opener, they did your classic one inning and then let um, the follower come in for three or four. Uh, the flip side, though, you have Johan Oviedo, 53 and two-thirds, 4.78 ERA, 1.53 whip, 25 walks, 48 strikeouts, not having a good year. Yeah, Brebia in his last... Yeah, I got, he's gone more than one one to third innings three games ago. Other than that, he's only got one inning. So he is your classic starter uh, opener, pardon me, and then on to the bullpen. Whereas Oviedo uh, had a couple of good starts early. And I remember back in mid-April, he went into Colorado, gave up one run over six innings, and everybody's like, wow, you know, it's impressive being in Colorado. Uh, and then he's been hit pretty hard since. They had a good game, what, three starts ago at Baltimore, five innings, one and run. Next game against Arizona, six innings, one earned run. Against Texas last week, five and two-thirds, six hits, three earned runs, two walks, five strikeouts. I'm just not really sold uh, on how good Brevi- or Oviedo is, and I think the Giants can get to him. They've been hitting well. They've been scoring. They've been hitting with some power. Yeah, it's in San Francisco, so I don't think a lot of runs are going to be put up. I think I would lean towards the eight and a, uh, uh, eight and a half under. I would lean towards the under an eight and a half, just minus 115, so that's where you're seeing the money come in. Um, but no real play there for me. Last game of the night at West in L.A., we have the Dodgers ho- hosting the Nationals. This continues the trend of good teams against bad teams, good pitchers against bad pitchers. Some huge lines tonight. That's really why I'm not on a lot of games. Dodgers minus 320 on the money line. The Nats plus 265. Total here is nine, just to the under minus 120. The Dodgers... Um, Dodgers run lines at minus 150. I, I, I don't think I've ever made a bet on a run line anywhere near minus 150. I've never taken a home team north of 300. I don't think I've ever taken a home team at north of 200. So what's interesting is the Nats run line, so plus one and a half, they have to lose by two runs or more, is at plus 130. I think that might be might be a play. I mean, I don't think I'm going to be on it, but... Um, you certainly can't back the Dodgers money line run line, and I don't really want to back Jake Nevin against the Dodgers, but uh, Jake Irvin, sorry, I don't want to call him that, Jake Irvin. So he pitched 22 innings, 5.32 ERA, 1.59 whip, 16 walks, 19 strikeouts, uh, but really not enough since he started five games this year. Got hit around by the Mets and Detroit, last outing, four innings, against San Diego, four innings, turn runs. Four walks, four strikeouts. Uh, you know, his numbers are all over the map. Like I said, he got hit around by Detroit, got hit around by the Mets, pitched well against the Giants at uh, in San Francisco, and decent against the Cubs uh, in early May. So he's had a couple decent outings. I don't have any faith in him being able to keep this game all that close. Uh, Gonsolin, 29 two-thirds inning, 1.82 ERA, 0.9 whip, 11 walks, 23 strikeouts. So carrying on after his injury from what he did in the prior couple seasons, I don't think he's going to go that deep in the game. He's only went over 80, 88 pitches once, and that was two starts ago against St. Louis. So they look to be limiting him around 90 pitches or so. Um, but like I said, I just can't back, you know, it's the, call it betting tip, betting advice, how, how I've always done it over the years. Uh, I can't take a favorite at that price. It's just, there's no value in that. I mean, 
the way baseball works, unless you're the Oakland A's, even the worst teams are going to win 40, 42, 43% of their games. Um, and at minus 320, that number is a lot further north than that, that the Dodgers need should win this game. And so, even the best teams are going to win uh, on average, probably 55 to 58% of the games. You might get one or two teams kind of the way the Rays are playing this year that win 60% of their games. Uh, but a minus 320 line is not for me, for sure. So that wraps up the card. Um, 15 baseball games. As I said, NBA is getting back at it on Thursday to start the championship. And the NHL is getting back at it on Saturday. Don't know why they take such a long break in the NHL. Talk about killing any momentum. I know it starts on a Saturday, but, uh, you know, we're then, what, four days, three days into June? Uh, too late. Uh, and you're in Florida and Las Vegas for this. Anyways, anyways, that's for another show for another time. Hope you enjoyed the show. I uh, hope you got some tips, some angles. And as I said at the start, go to our YouTube, our Sports Ethos YouTube page on Wednesday. So tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m. And check out Michael Fiddle and Keith Cork breaking down the NBA Finals. And I think they're probably going to have a lot of prop angles uh, and some game insight. So worth a chat. It's a live show. Uh, two good guys know their stuff. Check them out. And if you haven't already, as I said, follow me at Doug underscore read three, four on Twitter. And please rate, review, comment on your podcast provider. It helps me. It helps Sports Ethos get noticed. And it helps make a better day. So hopefully you can make money. We can make money. I can make money. And we have we can have a great day in sports betting. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.